Welcome to Jeff's Letters. This is an audio narration of Jeff Bezos' annual letter to shareholders. My name is Preet Anand, and I am your narrator. There's so much wisdom in these letters that they need to be as accessible as possible, and that's why I'm putting them on audio. This is a non-commercial effort, with public education being my goal. Now, on to the letter. November 19th, 2007 was a special day. After three years of work, we introduced Amazon Kindle to our customers. Many of you may already know something of Kindle. We're fortunate and grateful that it has been broadly written and talked about. Briefly, Kindle is a purpose-built reading device with wireless access to more than 110,000 books, blogs, magazines, and newspapers. The wireless connectivity isn't Wi-Fi. Instead, it uses the same wireless network as advanced cell phones, which means it works when you're at home in bed or out and moving around. You can buy a book directly from the device, and the whole book will be downloaded wirelessly, ready for reading in less than 60 seconds. There is no wireless plan, no year-long contract you must commit to, and no monthly service fee. It has a paper-like electronic ink display that's easy to read even in bright daylight. Folks who see the display for the first time do a double take. It's thinner and lighter than a paperback and can hold 200 books. Take a look at the Kindle detail page on Amazon.com to see what customers think. Kindle has already been reviewed more than 2,000 times. As you might expect, after three years of work, We had sincere hopes that Kindle would be well-received, but we did not expect the level of demand that actually materialized. We sold out in the first five and a half hours, and our supply chain and manufacturing teams have had to scramble to increase production capacity. We started by setting ourselves the admittedly audacious goal of improving upon the physical book. We did not choose that goal lightly. Anything that has persisted in roughly the same form and resisted change for 500 years is unlikely to be improved easily. At the beginning of our design process, we identified what we believe is the book's most important feature. It disappears. When you read a book, you don't notice the paper and the ink and the glue and the stitching. All of that dissolves, and what remains is the author's world. We knew Kindle would have to get out of the way, just like a physical book, so readers could become engrossed in the words and forget their reading on a device. We also knew we shouldn't try to copy every last feature of a book. We could never outbook the book. We'd have to add new capabilities. Ones that could never be possible with a traditional book. The early days of Amazon.com provide an analog. It was tempting back then to believe that an online bookstore should have all the features of a physical bookstore. I was asked about a particular feature dozens of times. How are you going to do electronic book signings? 13 years later, we still haven't figured that one out. Instead of trying to duplicate physical bookstores, we've been inspired by them and worked to find things we could do in the new medium that could never be done in the old one. We don't have electronic book signings, and similarly, we can't provide a comfortable spot to sip coffee and relax. However, we can offer literally millions of titles, help with purchase decisions through customer reviews, 
and provide discovery features like customers who bought this item also bought. The list of useful things that can be done only in the new medium is a long one. I'll highlight a few of the useful features we built into Kindle that go beyond what you could ever do with a physical book. If you come across a word you don't recognize, you can look it up easily. You can search your books. Your margin notes and underlinings are stored on the server side in the cloud. Editor's note, cloud is in quotes. Quote unquote cloud is what he does here. Ah, times have changed. Back to the letter. Your margin notes and underlinings are stored on the server side in the cloud where they can't be lost. Kindle keeps your place in each of the books you're reading automatically. If your eyes are tired, you can change the font size. Most important is the seamless, simple ability to find a book and have it in 60 seconds. When I've watched people do this for the first time, it's clear the capability has a profound effect on them. Our vision for Kindle is every book ever printed in any language, all available in less than 60 seconds. Publishers, including all the major publishers, have embraced Kindle, and we're thankful for that. From a publisher's point of view, there are a lot of advantages to Kindle. Books never go out of print, and they never go out of stock, nor is there ever waste from overprinting. Most important, Kindle makes it more convenient for readers to buy more books. Anytime you make something simpler and lower friction, you get more of it. We humans co-evolve with our tools. We change our tools, and then our tools change us. Writing, invented thousands of years ago, is a grand whopper of a tool, and I have no doubt that it changed us dramatically. 500 years ago, Gutenberg's invention led to a significant step change in the cost of books. Physical books ushered in a new way of collaborating and learning. Lately, network tools such as desktop computers, laptops, cell phones, and PDAs have changed us too. They sh they've shifted us more toward information snacking, and I would argue toward shorter attention spans. I value my BlackBerry. I'm convinced it makes me more productive but I don't want to read a 300-page document on it. Editor's note, this is 2007, and he's mentioning a BlackBerry. The iPhone, I believe, was introduced the year before. Again, how times have changed. Back to the letter. Nor do I want to read something hundreds of pages long on my desktop computer or my laptop. As I've already mentioned in this letter, People do more of what's convenient and friction-free. If our tools make information snacking easier, we'll shift more toward information snacking and away from long-form reading. Kindle is purpose-built for long-form reading. We hope Kindle and its successors may gradually and incrementally move us over years into a world with longer spans of attention, providing a counterbalance to the recent proliferation of info-snacking tools. I realize my tone here tends towards the missionary, and I can assure you it's heartfelt. It's also not unique to me, but is shared by a large group of folks here. I'm glad about that because missionaries build better products. I'll also point out that, while I'm convinced books are on the verge of being improved upon, Amazon has no sinecure as an agent. It will happen, 
but if we don't execute well, it will be done by others. Your team of missionaries here is fervent about driving free cash flow per share and returns on capital. We know we can do that by putting customers first. I guarantee you there is more innovation ahead of us than behind us, and we do not expect the road to be an easy one. We're hopeful, and I'd even say optimistic, that Kindle, true to its name, will start a fire and improve the world of reading. Kindle exemplifies our philosophy and long-term investment approach discussed in our first letter to shareholders in 1997. Commentary It's fitting that in Jeff's 10th letter as a public company CEO, he goes back to books. His first letter was about Amazon's position in books and also the internet writ large, but his 10th letter is also about what Amazon is doing now in books, the Kindle. I want to do something a little bit different, and I want to actually evaluate the Kindle against the investment framework Jeff talked about in the previous letter. He talked about that Amazon will only enter a business if they feel like they can have high returns on capital, if it's a big market, and if they can sufficiently differentiate. Let's go through each one. First of all, it's a big market. It's at least as big a market as what Amazon started in, books. So that one's easy. So the second one is high returns on capital. And for this one, the Kindle is pretty interesting. Every book sale on the Kindle is a digital sale. And digital goods being sold have zero cost of distribution. They are generally very high margin. And now Amazon does have to split the revenue with the publisher, who has to split the revenue with the author. But it is still zero cost of distribution, which means Amazon doesn't have to deal with inventory management, both at a physical level, but also a financial level, that they don't need to be making purchases to await downstream sales. So cash flow is better on that front. On the other hand, though, they do have to pay the big fixed cost of designing the hardware and also the cost of pre-ordering for the Kindles to be made. Like Jeff says, they do run out from their original order. Nonetheless, I suspect once they've got the Kindles in enough people's hands, each of those books that are bought for the Kindle are high margin and on an effective fixed cost, which is the, the Kindle purchase itself, they get, or the Kindle sale itself, and purchases kind of a weird word here. But anyway, on that finite fixed cost of the Kindle, they could get effectively unlimited margin because of the high margin sales of books. So I do think this fits in the framework as a potential high return on capital. And then the third one in Jeff's uh, framework is highly differentiated. And that one actually feels fairly easy. The key one he talks about is most important is the seamless, simple ability to find a book and have it in 60 seconds. When I've watched people do this for the first time, it's clear the capability has a profound effect on them. This is differentiated, right? Even if you evaluate this 
compared to what Amazon already was doing with books, even with Prime, it would take two days to get a book to you. And that book would be a physical book. It wouldn't be searchable. Your notes wouldn't be searchable. It wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to change the font size of that physical book. Now you're going from those and two-day shipping to 60 seconds on arrival and a lower price point. That is highly differentiated. So you can see the Kindle does check the different boxes that are part of that investment framework. One other observation and point of commentary on this letter is that the Kindle launched in November of 2007, and two and a half months later, Amazon purchased Audible. So clearly at this time period, Amazon was thinking a lot about the digital transformation of books, and they made moves with Kindle for those who are literally reading, and also with the purchase of Audible for those who are listening, and in particular, listening on mobile devices. Thank you for being a listener. I hope you enjoy the 10th letter since Amazon went public, and I'll see you at the next episode.